Hey, this is The Hard Truth with Tony Schaefer, powered by Sig Sauer. Never settle. And I always have a Sig within arm's length, always. Uh, I carried it in combat. I had a choice of what I carried. I always carried the best, and Sig Sauer is the best, by far. Uh, this is, uh, our program is on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available in the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel and the London Center for Policy Research, londoncenter.org or projectsentinel.net. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and of course, uh, all the social media sites uh, beyond that were there too. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce today's guest, my dear friend, uh, someone I've admired greatly, and I appreciate his time, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Judge, welcome to The Hard Truth. Tony, Colonel Schaefer, always a pleasure, my man. So, sir, I, I just admired your courage from day one when you were taking on issues no one else would do to include uh, our, my issue of able danger. And I appreciated your courage. I appreciated your support. And uh, that's something I think I'd like to talk about in another show where we kind of break down where we're at on that, because, as you know, that that story is not over yet. Right. And, but, we, but the 9-11 issue is something that's still not resolved. And I think uh, that would deserve a separate hearing on this. But today, uh, I, I, by the way, I, full disclosure, you know, uh, I'm on your program on a regular basis, which I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you allow me uh, uh, an ability to speak directly about what I know to be true, what I believe to be true based on experience, and most importantly, how uh, recent events have been bereft of any constitutional context. That is to say that many of these things are done uh, outside the law, avoiding the law, avoiding what I believe the founding fathers would have, want, would have wanted done. And especially regarding George Washington saying avoiding foreign entanglements. And boy, howdy, do we have a foreign entanglement called Ukraine. So um, based on what I'm seeing, Judge, and I'll let you kind of outline your view of it. Ukraine, to me, is uh, the 21st century of uh, the Vietnam War. We're on this slippery slope creeping uh, uh, ever so slightly, but uh, visibly towards an expanded conflict. What do you think? Well, I fully agree with you, uh, Tony. You know, my uh, professional field and my academic work is the Constitution, but I yes, have become educated on Ukraine thanks to you and our colleagues, uh, Colonel Doug McGregor and uh, Major uh, Scott Ritter who have opened up my eyes to another side of things. You know, when I was an undergraduate in college, I wore a T-shirt and had a crew cut that said that I had a crew cut and wore a T-shirt that said bomb Hanoi. Boy, I couldn't be any more different today in terms of my steadfast view that only the Congress can declare war. And under the treaties that the United States is a party to, uh, those wars can only be declared when the object of the war poses a real serious, immediate, grave military danger to the United States or to a party uh, that we are legally obliged to defend. Uh, as I observe uh, the events in Ukraine and as I interrogate people about them, and I interrogate people on the other side, as you know, Jack Devine, right. uh, 40 years uh, in the CIA, 20 years in management there. Um, I'm I'm of the view that we have no national security interest at stake there, and that when Congress gave uh, the president uh, a blank check, almost literally for 113 billion to spend how he sees fit, he's spent about 58 billion of it already in cash and military equipment. 
much of the military equipment that he sent there or caused to be sent there can only be operated by Americans. So without a declaration of war, we have American troops on the ground. We are told that they are out of uniform so that the president can, with intellectual honesty, say we don't have troops there. But there is equipment, you know this better than I, uh, that can only be operated by Americans, and some of it can only be fired by Americans. So question, do we have American boys shooting at Russian boys? Answer, yes. Question, did the Congress authorize this? No, it did not authorize it. But this is the slippery slope uh, toward war. Uh, LBJ learned the hard way uh, that waging a war is not going to be a ticket to re-election. He was scared off of running. Uh, Joe Biden's two heroes, Lincoln and FDR, uh, taught him in his own mind that if he runs as a wartime president, he has a better chance of winning. I can't imagine the American public tolerating a single American death over Ukraine, of all places. So that's... My next question, because uh, Doug McGregor, and I I love Doug, uh, has said during his time working for the Trump administration, and and as you know, I advised several senior leaders in Trump administration to include Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Joe Dunford. Um, A lot of us said it's not in our interest to engage without clear military objectives. That is to say that uh, all too often, Judge, my, uh, my belief is the the administrative state, uh, the, the the mono party, the whatever you call the neocons and uh, neolibs, all function as if they're an, a, a, an authority unto themselves. And in the case of President Trump, I know at least three occasions where H.R. Uh, McMaster walked in and demanded that we send troops into Iraq and Syria. Uh, I know Doug has re- talked to you a lot about his experience relating to the uh, events regarding Iran. I'll had a strike package ready to go. How do we combat that? Because I believe, and many of us who are advising President Trump and his his folks were correct in saying there's we should not use military action as a lead national security tool. That is, uh, to me, and me, to me, the last resort is like when when you go to guns, it's 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 not good. There's other and better alternatives. I'm a Reagan guy. Reagan was very effective in uh, putting together a team who understood how to use uh, non-lethal le- levers of government, is I guess the best way to put it. What do we have to do to restore accountability for those who are elected, who have the authority rightfully invested in them by the people through the political process? How do we restore that authority over this administrative state, this Leviathan, which completely at this point seems to function on its own, no matter who's in charge. Well, this will require a cultural change, a sea change in people's thinking. Uh, Because since World War II, which is the last time the Congress legitimately, validly, constitutionally declared war, uh, the Congress looks the other way uh, when the president uses the military to kill people or the CIA to kill people or the military and the CIA to attack an ally. So Donald Trump, for all of his instincts about not wanting to fight wars, did send a drone to kill General Soleimani when he was going to lunch. There's no more a danger to the world at that moment than you or I are now. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, used the CIA and the uh, Navy to destroy the Nord Stream pipeline, which is the property of Russia and, uh, and Germany. Barack Obama, you know, I can go through all this. You know this better than I use the CIA to instigate Mrs. Clinton's war 
uh, in uh, in Libya, uh, and the Congress has looked the other way. Uh, Congress has been looking the other way for years. Uh, if there's an area of human right. behavior that Congress wants to regulate, which is not delegated to it under the Constitution, it will take cash and bribe the states to do it. So the reason we all had 55 mile an hour speed limits in this country is not because the states voluntarily lowered it, but because Congress said, we'll repave the federal highways in your states if you lower the speed limit. Every state but South Dakota went along with that. South Dakota said, give us the cash. We don't have speed limits in South Dakota. I didn't know that. Supreme Court uh, said, um, sorry, you want the money, you take the strings. Now, what left-wing pinko president signed that? legislation uh, into law, Ronald Reagan. They all fall for this. Yeah. Uh, Ways of expanding uh, federal power. I mean, unless the Congress were filled with Thomas Massey's and and Ron Paul's, and unless somebody like you or or me or Ron Paul were in the White House, this is going to keep happening over and over and over again. The Constitution of the United States was written for two purposes, to establish the government and to limit the government. It has succeeded in the first purpose. It has failed dismally in the second purpose. It does not limit the government at all. Right. So I've been critical of our own side. I mean, it's easy to criticize the left, but uh, to your point, Judge, Reagan, uh, President Reagan turned California blue by accepting amnesty without uh, clear safety valves to get what he needed, which is to close down the the immigration illegal. And they said he, he, they fooled him and he signed it up. The other thing he did, he was the only president to ever outlaw a complete class of, of weapons, which is against the second amendment. So our, our own side has made huge mistakes. Uh, the guy who built the, uh, the EPA was Nixon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we've got to be critical of our own side and hold them accountable. And I feel to your point, uh, we have not uh, always had, the best decisions. And of course, Trump. And, you know, one of the things about President Trump, he had many good policies, but judge, I think you'd agree with me. He never got control of the appropriation process. Mm -hmm. That appropriation process was out of control to your point. The the federal government never got control of the deep state, which never got, and and he never got control of the bureaucracy. Let's not forget, let's not forget George W who, who led us into a war uh, under false pretenses. Right. Um, who established the Department of Homeland Security, uh, who expanded Medicare, who gave us the Patriot Act. I mean, George Bush has been indicted for war crimes in Europe. He can't he can't go to Rome or Madrid right. or London without being arrested, just like Vladimir Putin. Right. So this is where I think we we owe the American people. Uh, we need to clean our own side of the aisle up before you know we do much else, because anytime we get folks elected, they seem to make the same mistakes over and over, which brings me to the next point, which is January 6th. So um, many of us have been following this judge. I follow everything you say about it. Uh, many of what they're many of the crimes that people are being convicted of are at best misdemeanors, because uh, we all know that day that the day of January 6th. It wasn't an insurrection. They weren't attacking President Trump and the rightful government of the United States. They were attacking a political process, a constitutional process, perhaps, but they were not trying to overthrow the government, nor did they have the means. Uh, I've listened uh, intently to your your tape, your your uh, your monologue on this. It's like uh, even if in their hearts they wanted to do it, there was no capacity to do it. They had no way of overthrowing the the enormous resources of the federal government. So would you would you like to touch on that a little bit for the group? Because I, I don't think people fully understand 
how insane the charges are by the federal government regarding. Well, there there have been about five convictions for sedition. Sedition is a conspiracy to overthrow the government by force. I have argued uh, that that a conspiracy that can't possibly be successful shouldn't be tried because by definition, it didn't cause any harm. You know, this is not an right. attempt to overthrow the government. Attempt can cause harm. You, attempted murder can result in an injury to a person, but not their death. So this is not an attempt. An attempt must um, have a process that goes towards the commission of the crime, and it's one material step short. This is thinking about the crime. So about 130 years right. ago, the greatest trial lawyer in American history, Clarence Darrow, put it this way. If a boy steals a dime, he's not going to go to jail. But if two boys plan and plot to steal a dime and don't do it, they're going to go to jail because it's a conspiracy. Now, that is almost literally true. In the case of these Proud Boys uh, and Oath Keepers that were convicted of conspiracy, they didn't do anything. They're right. being prosecuted for thought crimes. Nobody was harmed. And the courts allowed these cases to go to the jury without proving harm. Every modern, sophisticated definition of the word crime includes the word or a version of the word harm. No one is harmed when a bunch of people sit around and talk about stopping the government but don't do anything about it. They were prosecuted for thought crimes and those convictions should be reversed. So, and that's a, a brilliant point that somehow we've allowed a judiciary to establish itself that will essentially be a validator of federal, the federal government, the executive branch's uh, worst instincts. And, I, I, and to me, this is an emotional issue because as you just pointed out, Judge, there's absolutely no way uh, they would have been able to even get their get the nose in the tent, let alone uh, establish through the handful of people they had the ability to overthrow the the thousands upon thousands of law enforcement and other federal officers. There's just no way. There, there's just right. it, unfathomable. And I, I, how is it the judiciary has become just a validator of the worst instincts of the executive branch? Well, it's it's all three branches. The Congress has written statutes uh, which make the penalty for a conspiracy to commit a crime the same as if you succeeded in committing the crime. Well, that's wow. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Justice Robert Jackson, who was FDR's uh, attorney general, who was the chief American prosecutor uh, at Nuremberg, uh, and who was a brilliant and gifted uh, member of the Supreme Court, referred to conspiracy as the garden of the prosecutor's favorite. Here's a professional prosecutor saying it because he knows how easy it is to prove conspiracy because you don't have to prove you don't have to prove harm. Uh, it's the backdrop that the uh, that the executive branch uses when it doesn't have enough uh, evidence to prove uh, a full crime. Congress allowed it. The executive branch takes uh, does it. Uh, and the courts permit it. Again, a, a sea change in thinking is needed because all three branches are complicit in effectuating these uh, these thought crimes. So, you know, I've, I've you know, I, I was very close friends with Walter Jones. God rest his soul. Walter and I were very close. And we talked about this often regarding 
the separation of true crimes versus uh, issues that are essentially allowed by Congress, to your point, Congress allows this to happen. Uh, the judiciary then validates it. And it seems to me that there's no process of, of sanity in this because it seems to me, Judge, that so many of these things are based on uh, allowing for the continued accumulation of, of power that uh, rightfully should should not be in the federal government's hands. And, and this, this includes, as we're talking about right now, J6, overcharging, charging for things which could not possibly happen, all the way down to the new Green Deal, telling me what kind of lights I should have or not have in my house. Uh, this whole fiction we could talk about, because I've got a degree in environmental studies, this whole fiction that CO2 is going to kill us, even though we, we exhale CO2 and it's a, a plant food. Uh, the, 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 the allowance for lunacy by the, by the, the congressional, uh, by multiple Congress uh, sessions, by multiple sessions, seems to me have uh, uh, just accumulated uh, this massive, uh, I don't even know what, what, how to describe it. It's, it's a mess of socialist um, hybrids that allow for them to be established and then to knock it down. There's no one there willing to actually bring sanity as you're, as you're doing here. And well, the, the people that do this do not uh, recognize that our rights come from our humanity. Right, that we have natural rights, and that there are areas of human behavior immune from government regulation. So things like, uh, can the Congress make me eat broccoli? Answer: No. But the Congress could could uh, punish me if I don't. Can the Congress make me wear a red tie? No. But it could reduce my taxes if I do so. So it has ways to accomplish these things. When the government is filled with do-gooders who don't respect the Constitution, who don't respect our natural rights, who deny areas of human behavior like light bulbs or broccoli or neckties, uh, then, then we have a, a totalitarian government under the guise of being a democracy. Now, right. a democracy sometimes produces a lot of problems. The people have finally recognized that they can vote themselves other people's money. And that's what we do. That's right. what they do. That's why if you live in New York, your your effective tax rate, New York City, your effective tax rate can be 59% because the city of New York, the state of New York, and the and the federal government are taking so much from you, a have, and giving it to a have-not, whether you have it legitimately or not, whether the have-nots don't have it through any fault of their own is irrelevant. They are stealing wealth from you Um uh, un under the guise of calling it taxes, right? Uh, because they think there's no restraint on what they do. They think they can right any wrong and regulate any behavior and tax any event and intrude on uh, any process. And the whole purpose of an independent judiciary is to preserve the the lives, liberty, and property of those against whom the government is moving. The right. judiciary is supposed to be anti democratic. It's right. not supposed to have its finger to the wind. It's supposed to protect natural rights and invalidate statutes that allow punishment for thought. Some judges so, do it. Some judges do this. Most of them don't. So that brings me to another area, which I'm not sure if it's a solution, but I want your thoughts on it, is the Constitution of uh, the Convention of Constitution of States where they want to examine options to, to change the Constitution. And one of the big things that Project Sentinel does that we're trying to highlight is the Tenth Amendment. 
that so much of what the federal government has absorbed and taken upon itself, it should not have. And rightfully, it's many of the functions that it now takes, like highways, to your point, should be at the state level. Uh, Do you think the Constitution of states, uh, that idea has any validity and and could do anything to change the the momentum? of? Well, not only not only do I think it's a great idea, I want to be the chair of that convention. Ah. So that the document that is sent to the states for ratification to replace the ineffective one we have now is crystal clear and permits the states to nullify and permits the states to leave when the federal government is violating the basic charters of our liberties. Yeah. Well, and they are. And I think this is where um, I live in the free state of North Carolina, more free than not. And I left Virginia because Virginia was getting more and more insane. And I think this is where uh, most people I speak to who live down here uh, in North Carolina want to be left alone. And, and a lot of folks do believe the federal government and its over overabundance use of taxation really is uh, slavery. And because you and I both know at this point, Judge, the appropriations process, th- th- there's no link between the appropriation of dollars or, or funds from us and spending. The government has decided to spend uh, beyond belief by printing money and by the very fact that they decided to abandon any link between appropriations and spending, they devalue our currency and they're thereby harming every citizen by the fact they're constantly devaluing devaluing their work. You work for for purposes of, of, of achieving your objectives, your personal objectives. Much of that has to do with money. And if the money you make is devalued constantly by your own government, how how is that benefiting anybody? Well, they are they are taking your property without due process. Right. Uh, they choose uh, who to bail out. The um, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. They bailed out people who didn't have insurance. Right. So you had two hundred fifty thousand dollars of FDIC insurance. You had a half million dollars in the bank. Don't worry about it. The feds will make <laughs> up the other half. Did wow. they bail out the dep- the the investors of the bank? No, they bailed out the depositors. How do they decide? Who to bail out and who to let twist in the wind? Well, the government has no money of its own. Right. It only has money it has taken from us or money it prints in our name, which has to be paid back by future generations. The government does what it, it thinks will help it stay in power. Right. And there, there's no authority under the Constitution for the federal government to do that. Unfortunately, Madison argued that the government can only spend money in the areas specifically uh, authorized to it by the Constitution. The courts have ruled the government can spend money in any area it wants. It can only regulate in the areas authorized by the Constitution, but it can spend on whatever it wants. That's how it gets away with bribing the states. I mean, if you or I went to the legislature of North Carolina and said, I will pay you to do this, if you do that, we'd be arrested for attempted bribery. Right. But Congress has exempted itself, literally, from the bribery statutes, which allow it to go to North Carolina, New Jersey, South Dakota, wherever, and say, uh, here's this money. Uh, If you accept it from us, you must agree to do the following. Lower the speed limit, whatever uh, whatever the case may be, because we know if we legislate to lower the speed limit, judges will throw it out. Well, the judges should have thrown that bribery scheme out as well, but they haven't. And basically, there's two schools of thought. I wish we had more time. We're running out of time here. But uh, the school of the Madisonian school of thought regarding uh, government's restraint or authority and the Wilsonian model. Right, Judge? Is that the one you described the other day in your podcast? 
So Madison, who, of course, wrote the Constitution and wrote the Bill of Rights, uh, argued that the federal government can only do what the Constitution authorizes it to do, which are 16 unique, discrete areas of authority, raise raise an army and a navy, run the post office, regulate uh, interstate commerce, uh, and everything else is left to the states. That's what the Tenth Amendment says. Right. Woodrow Wilson argued that the federal government can do whatever there is a national political will for it to do, except that which is expressly prohibited to it in the Constitution. So it can't interfere with speech or religion. So if you will, the Wilsonian view of the federal government turns the Madisonian view on its head. Madison, it can only do what is expressly authorized. Wilson, it can do whatever it wants, except that which is expressly prohibited. Right. Every president since Woodrow Wilson, including the libertarian whose middle name was Wilson, Ronald Reagan, have followed the Wilsonian model. Every single one of them, because the allurement to power is so great, they can't uh, resist using it. There was a time when presidents vetoed legislation because they thought it was unconstitutional. That's unheard of in the post-World War II. Oh, uh, no, It's insane. Well, unfortunately, you know, I've got five things to go and we're out of time. So, Judge, it's always it for the next time or we can get to them tomorrow when you're on uh, judging. Free. Well, no, I'll, I'll go with your agenda tomorrow. And I have lots to talk about relating to the issues of Ukraine. But, Judge, God bless you. I, I appreciate your, your clarity of thought, your uh, intellectual purity. And I, I, I'm proud to call you friend. So thank you. So Tony, I'd say the same thing. You're one of the greatest people I met in my 24 years thank at you, Fox. Sir. Neither of us is there any longer, but I'm deeply grateful that our, our friendship endures. Yes, sir. I, always. Well, God bless you, sir. And thank you for being on today on The Hard Truth. My pleasure. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years. But our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? 
customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Schaefer, powered by Sig Sauer, Never Settle. I've always got a Sig within arm's reach, if I can. And I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I carried the best, and a Sig Sauer is what I carried. So never settle. Uh, we're on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, also available on the talk, the America Out Loud Talk Radio Podcast Network. Podcast Network. Does that make sense? I guess it does. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net, and londoncenter.org, social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, and all the other alphabet soup, and we're back. And oh, by the way, shout out to my friend Cherie Curry, who's on tour as we speak in Europe, doing great things in the UK and, and Ireland. She's the one who does our great bumper music, uh, Rock and Roll Oblivion. So Cherie, always appreciate your lending us your talent for our show. And here we go, part two. We're going to do our round-robin discussions. I'm joined now by Chris Cordani, our executive producer, uh, Tanya Miller, from the great and uh, sunny state of Hawaii, and then mm-hmm. Elizabeth Breckenkamp from the not-so-sunny state of Virginia. But uh, it's it's still a nice state. It's just not not on you know not as nice as Hawaii, probably. Mm, you know? I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. So, so we had a great section with Judge Napolitano. Uh, he's uh, very clear in his thinking, uh, but it his thinking is not accepted broadly by the United States politicians on either side of the aisle why is that it makes sense that's why oh well that's right (laughs) Uh, politicians don't really politicians like to stick their finger up a little bit and see where the wind blows i do understand that they do have and and when you're in congress you're basically trying to represent a small part of america as if you're in the house and if you're in the senate you're representing a larger part of each uh, of each portion of america we get that the thing is, a lot of these people are very scared of two things, what the voters might say and what social media slash media might say and expose them as. Because the media can just take a uh, take a, a, sh- a short soundbite of what you said or a little bit of what you did and blast it around. People won't even uh, won't even bother to look for the full truth or the full story. And then right. re-election, you know, re-election, campaign money. And it's like, how do they do the balance between, you know, saying being brave, like judge. Uh, yourself, other people being brave and speaking their mind and seeing the truth and the common sense that we can all pull together with the facts, you know, what the, they're all adding up and they can just speak it very freely and easily. However, politicians or certain figures, when it comes down to corporations, monies and certain things, it's like, well, what are their 
uh, what's their agenda lining up with? And then is that causing a censorship of some sort or self-censoring? So yeah, judges, we can listen to him all day because he's going to speak common sense and shows like yours where, you know, it just adds up. And then other people, well, they're not as brave. So Tanya, to that point, uh, we didn't get to it because I had five things I didn't. One of those was media. I mean, the fact is that politicians are able to essentially subvert uh, the, the, the reporters and outlets, which really should be the ones questioning them on everything. I mean, literally, uh, the media seems to be have become an extension of a, of, of, of a certain political party, and mm-hmm. they carry the water for that party. And there's no objectivity because the very things we're talking about should be objective. They're 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 fact. They're 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 co- they're they're codified in the Constitution. We recognize that the federal government has uh, overstepped its charter. It has amassed immense authority over us, and and, and it does not enrich uh, the, the lives or support the the God given rights we have. So uh, right. why, why is it then that the media itself has been compromised as well? I mean, why do they go along with the politicians? I understand that there's migration between the two businesses. Yeah. The, uh, a lot of journalists will go into politics to represent a politician because, hey, they want somebody who knows the lay of the land. They want right. somebody who knows where to go, what to say, how to talk to these reporters. However, what we've been seeing is the networks loving the idea of bringing people from generally one side to handle their news departments. This is why George mm-hmm. Stephanopoulos is so prominent, not as a commentator, but as a leader of a uh, of the news organization itself. Right. That's an issue. I I like the idea of uh, networks bringing somebody from each party to a program as guests and commentators to understand where both sides are coming from. But, but when one side is basically controlling the news from the political arena and back into the media, they're, they're technically compromised. They, they, they yeah. should have been, and, and of course, uh, I'll speak your language a little bit, Tony, they should have been burned when it comes to uh, the media after crossing over the first time. Well, I, that's the thing. So, And, and the, the two most recent topics, which I would have gotten into more with if we had time, is the media manipulation of January 6th, because we were talking about that, and how even now the Obama, that's a slip, the Biden administration <laughs> continues. Close enough. Uh, continue to promote the idea that that five Capitol Hill police were killed on January 6th. They weren't. There there was a single officer killed on January 6th, yet Merrick Garland, the the senior law enforcement officer in the country, has said this at least five times to my count in the last month. It's patently, factually false. It's not true. And then the Russia collusion narrative. Our, Our friend John Solomon just yesterday at the time of taping, has sued the DOJ over unclassified documents, which exist, which he, they know exists, which relate to uh, the origins of the Russia collusion narrative. And, of course, the DOJ doesn't want to give them up. Well, why? Well, because I believe it goes to, to the authorities, which are not unclassified. The, the authorities to do something are not classified. And I think what we're go- what they're trying to hide at this point is the fact that the whole Russia collusion narrative was greenlit all the way up to Obama. And I've said this publicly several times. So mm-hmm. we see now that the media uh, does not do its job and, 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 and they carry the water for the complete uh, fabrications of, of this administration and others at this point. So, no, that makes sense. I mean, seems- yeah, it, it seems like so many people in the media are uh, do lean to the left. So, you know, when you're asking, it's like, why would the media go along with it? Because so many of them do lean left. You know, when I went into journalism uh, in the army, I just wanted to me a really good 
article of good storytelling is you get more than one perspective. You don't interview just one person who is there. You want to get different sides because it's the classic example of if there's a car accident, there's five people who saw it. You think you're going to get five five stories that are the same. No, you're going to get five different stories. Right. And that, that's what I like about journalism and working in public affairs. But yes, yeah, so many of the people in the media like CNN, MSNBC, who call them, I don't even call them journalists anymore. They're just, they're just propaganda people. Um, yeah, they already lean to the left. And so they have no problem lying or purposely leaving out certain information. But yeah, like when you're talking about um, uh, Merrick Garland, and of course the news media says the same thing. Oh, five police were killed on January 6th. No, they weren't. Nope. You know, and they say all kinds of things um, like the hush money with Trump. It wasn't hush money. Uh, it was publicly known. Right. I mean, there's so many things that they just intentionally say. So, yeah, so we didn't get the misleading, but I like how, how Napolitano comment, how are we supposed to stop these people who lean to the left? They just run amok. How do we stop them? He said, I like his point. There has to be a cultural change. And there really does. Well, I, that's why we're here. We're part of that change. Right, uh, exactly. So but we do have to understand it could take some time because the cultural change from the from the right to this far left uh uh, hero worship we have, and I want to get to that at, at another time as well. But the idea is that it took generations uh, from the uh, the hippies of the baby boomer era infiltrated academia, and they were patient. Well, mm -hmm. many of their colleagues, to, or many of their compadres, became yuppies. They stayed behind and decided to teach uh, young people their values, which is, I, I I suppose, at one point that could have been considered critical thinking. But then it devolved, and there's a, there was a strong devolution in academia over the years to basically uh, eschew the idea of becoming a student and bring in what we call stenographers and tell them how smart they are and how great they are, but tell them, mm -hmm. hey, this is how you have to think when you get out into the real world, and that's it. If you right. want to go into journalism, it works. If you want to go into something real uh, or <laughs> another occupation, sometimes that, that doesn't always work, but they come out, people come out like this. Right. Chris, I have a question for you. Is that why uh, Volvos and Birkenstocks smell like patchouli? Because they, they go for the hippie crowd? Is that why they do that? Yes, they do. And uh, they okay. want yeah, to be that unshowered smell. I'm curious about that. I didn't understand. Oh, I didn't smell. Yeah. You, mm. you, you've circled the square for me on that. So <laughs> mm, I love the smell of patchouli in the morning. It smells like hippies. Oh, but the, oh wow. By omission is, is I don't think people are accepting the lies by omission as much like the cultural change. We still desperately need it because we can see people are still consuming um, media that's obviously very biased and they are lying by omission. So right. that's it's a phrase that I was raised with. And it's like, okay, maybe you didn't outright lie on some things, but you're lying a whole heck of a lot when you can count all the omissions, the relevant facts. That's what's so aggravating when we're censored online or whatever for something that is factual. And then they'll label it as, <clears throat> excuse me, missing context. Uh, there's uh -huh. so many context out there online. It's ridiculous. But also on our TV news and radio, and when people sit down, they watch TV with their family and they're getting the talking points. They're not getting real journalism. They're getting the same media major corporations regurgitating the same lines that they are handed down and permitted to say. And it's, it's they have very little bit of deviation. You really can't have any deviation. So it's not like you can go to your nightly news and actually get the news. You're going to get what is the, is said to be said. It's okay. And not much right. deviation. Well, that's, they give them talking points, you know, they create talking right. points and then they share the talking I'm points. 
all the other people because they say things almost word for word verbatim. I mean, it's amazing. You can tell they just write up talking points and they send them out to everybody. Say this, say this, say this. If I ask you a question, just repeat that same talking point. The talking heads only can work off of that. They're not working off what we're working off of because they're not having the tests that we're that you're having. They're not having the questions. They're not permitted to have the questions that you that you have, and they don't have tests that are equipped to answer the questions that you have or are open to receiving it. And if they're not, they may go look into it because we have so much going on. And those who are paying attention are listening to multiple independent sources who are piecing it together. And yet we have a whole society that are not up to speed because they are really are clueless because that's how the media has kept them. But that's that's a a good point. Well, that's why we're here. That's the very reason we have the show is because the way Mm -hmm. people consume information is changing because Tanya, to your Mm -hmm. point, people are waking up. They recognize that, that, the CBS Evening News, ABC Evening News, NBC Evening News, it's all the same. It's just a little bit different in, 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 in tempo and color. That's it. And, and maybe they have a minority giving it one version. They have a woman giving another version. But it's all the same version, just done a little bit differently, with a little bit of different flourishes. And I think uh, we now have all recognized that we have to go to sources we trust. And we all know we have to sort through those things because there's a lot of disinformation out there. And I don't like using a term because there's, it's not really disinformation. It's information that's not accurate. It, it, information is either factual or not factual, accurate or inaccurate. It's not disinformation. There's no such thing as yeah. disinformation. And I, and I should, I should, that's uh, a good you guys point. Yeah. Me. You, no, you should, uh, Chris, uh, uh, cut my paycheck in half because I use that term. And I, I, that's a prohibited term. I should never be a per- permitted to say disinformation. See, I said it again. I should get no pay. You can give that half to me. Thanks. That's right. You, but <laughs> no, they, or they check the, the one from the, 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 the ministry of, uh, the ministry of truth in the Biden administration. Ministry of truth. That's the, right. The Mary Poppins check. The there we go. <laughs> We should do our own song about the the ministry of truth. No, no, nobody wants to hear us sing, though. That's the only. Well, we have to get Sheree to sing. I'll Sheree. do it. I'll do it. Have Sheree. Not, no, we'll have Sheree lead us in. Uh, uh, you know, uh, "Live and Let Die." I think it should be, she would do a great version of "Live and Let Die." I bet money she could. Just say I, I, I would hear it. That I'd, would I'd be buy cool. that. I would definitely. I would. I would listen to that. Hey, I, I wish it, I'm going to ask her about that. That'd be great. But hey. I, I do have a that question. Cool. Uh, kind of tag back to what uh, Judge Napolitano and you talked about at the first start of the interview. You know, how many, since I don't watch, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm too busy consuming and trying to keep abreast of everything going on. I'm, I don't have time to really see what the mainstream media is spitting out there. Um, but like, do, are they even reminding people about the uh, corruption in Ukraine and what they themselves had reported on years previous? Oh. Are they are they talking about like the bio labs on borders and a legitimate concerns and and what how Congress is bypassing and you know like Judge brought up on in our people are our people going to be using these weapons that can only be used by Americans like what we're leading up to this we didn't really sign on for this why exactly I I don't want to theorize about why exactly this is happening but it's not making sense right there, there is no theory there is no theory no. Tanya this TV yeah. program TV programs and including news programs uh, uh, even to an extent radio you'll see radio entertainment that way, any kind of entertainment, even infotainment, which is pretty much what the news is, including the three cable channels and advertisers. They always want to operate towards the biggest numbers, which is the lowest common denominator. So the lowest common denominator doesn't understand the bioweapons, doesn't understand Ukrainian corruption, doesn't understand the Biden crime family's business in Ukraine. 
what they understand is the Kamala Harris speech. A bigger country invaded a smaller country, and a bigger country shouldn't invade a smaller country because a bigger country invaded a smaller country. And and, and we don't like the fact that smaller countries are invaded by bigger countries. But that's what people understand. That's what gets the ratings. And that's what people talk about. And that's what virtue signalers like to talk about on social media when they put the little flags there and they're, I got vaccinated selfies. Yeah. So true. And by the way, Chris, oh. I appreciate the clarity that Chris says when Chris says clarity things, when clearity is, is important, Chris is the man for clarity. And so I am proud of clarity. Clarity is something that I find very important to being clear when I'm trying to be in the zone of being uh, clear. Clarity. Good, because it's time to be clear again, Tony. That's right. It's oh, is, time, it, is it that time? Is it that it's time, time for the moment of clarity. This happens every <laughs> oh, week on The Hard Truth. Tony's All right. Takes. Yeah. Brought to you by Sig Sauer. Never settle. I understand that you never are settle. never without a Sig Sauer. I am not. I, I always, I always, for those watching, I always have my Sig Sauer very close at hand, twenty four seven. Just saying. Yeah. That, that is a piece, and it's nothing like the gun that uh, Larry Linville's Major Burns character on, had in that uh, episode of what was the episode of Mash where he, where he had this little tiny water pistol looking gun. <laughs> he to arm himself. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. yeah. I miss I don't want to get off track, but I loved Colonel Flagg, the, the character of Colonel Flagg in MASH. That was a great uh, thing with uh, right. Larry. He's like the wind. <laughs> All right. probably Back to the program. Sure. Tony, let's anyway. get your take on this. This yeah. is important because this is what people are talking about, at least in California. The rest of us are laughing about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reparations. Slavery Reparations Task yeah. Force is proposing the idea, among others, the idea of uh, giving $360,000 in reparations money to, I guess, apparently to people who identify as blacks and supposedly defend, uh, 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 descendants of slaves, as, as we'll have to see the full criteria later on. But the point is, where in the heck is all this money coming from and how they come up with that number and what's your take on all of it? Well, I, I look, I want repu- repu- rep- reparations because uh, my family left Spain. And so I want uh, the, uh, this, this, uh, the Spanish homeland to send me money because I was forced to leave uh, northern Spain. Where does this end? I mean, it's just insane That's right. that, that everybody has a grievance somewhere down the line. I mean, each one of us, we look far enough back. Someone did us wrong. And uh, at this point, the three things I'll say exactly. about California. First off, there's not a single person living today who was a slave. Right? Am I am I wrong on that? Not a single person, not a single person. That is correct. Not not a that single person is directly descended, as in like born right after that by a member, uh, someone who was a slave. And Cal- and th- secondly, California was never a slave state. It never allowed slaves as it was becoming a, a state of the union. And third, to your point, Chris, mm-hmm. we're going to pay for it because apparently Gavin Newsom is not going to go to the state legislature. He's looking for uh, Uncle Joe, uh, Uncle Joe Biden. Uh, to to cough up the money at the federal level. It's like, uh, and again, the federal government, I know for a fact, never owned mm-hmm. slaves either. Just saying, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I've, I've studied history thoroughly. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure we, we, the United States, the federal government sent uh, union troops into the South to end slavery. So the whole premise of the entire construct is insane. And without, and, and it's essentially another form of Marxism. This is, this is simply designed to separate and uh, create chaos within mm-hmm. uh, our own Republic. So, let me throw a couple of other numbers at you, yeah. okay? San Francisco, according to uh, some reports here, and this is a report out of PBS, by the way, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's on their side. It has they're to be accurate. That, well, at least it's on their side, so they're not going uh, to <laughs> try to they're going to try to make it look good, okay? 
The yeah. idea of $5 million lump sum payment for each eligible black person could be uh, on its way in San Francisco. This is, this is like taking, this is like Newsom to the ninth power. Okay. Yeah. How, where is this money coming from and who's paying for it? The idea is, and here's the other question. There are a lot of people who happen to be, uh, as the politically correct term might be melanin deficient, yeah. whose ancestors came over on the boats after the, after 1870, would we, would, would these people be paying? Would, would the descendants of them be paying? I know. These are all questions that, uh, that have mm-hmm. no answer. And uh, I, I'm, I'm personally, with no answer. That's right. I'm, I'm personally fed up with the idea that skin color should have any uh, impact on one's value to society. Uh, one's value should be based on, uh, on their ability to mm-hmm. produce support and actually uh, work in their own interests. Because I think the government is not in a position to issue any uh, fairness. Uh, the last thing I want is some government bureaucrat telling me what's fair. Right. I mean, it's like, are you serious? Yeah. Those are the last people. Gavin Newsom, I think he's uh, he probably spends like five million dollars on his hair per year just to keep it like in that one spot. It's like a, it's like a hair hat. Right. I mean, it's like perfectly done every time. I think I think that's where the, maybe they could cut it's his hair budget. Like, is he it. asking to re, is he asking to be uh, recalled again? That might be the other question. Maybe he's tired of being governor and wants to like pull wants to pull pull some stupid stunts like this off just to get recalled. He reminds me of the mayor of Portland and Portlandia. Oh. Do you remember that TV, the TV series? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, I love that show. That's I so funny. Great show. He's such a goofball. Let's get Tony's take on this. I've been observing right. for the last uh, I, part of my job and, and all your jobs is to watch what's going on in Washington. One of the most interesting things is I remember Jen Psaki was the uh, or Psaki, however you pronounce the name. I, I always thought of her as one of the Ditz twins from uh, the Obama administration. Her and uh, that, that Marie Harf chick. Um, oh, Harf. I've there. been in the green room with her. Oh, my God. I, uh. The Ditz twins. However, you, know, you can feel evil. You can feel evil when you're in the presence of it. I'm just saying. I'm not saying she's evil. I'm just saying that there was a feeling of evil when she was in the room with me. And I don't think it was me giving off the evil. Just saying. There's only two of us in the room. There was a lot of evil. And I don't think I was the source of it. Just yeah. saying. Much as much as we can make fun of Saki's uh, circling back, she at least did her job well yeah. as, as mouthpiece for the Biden administration. Where would they find this Cabbage Patch kid that's doing it right now? Uh, Karine Jean Pierre, who who is who always sounds like she's asking a question of the uh, of the press members, and she's always sound she always sounds like she's afraid to talk. She seems unprepared, and at this point, over the last couple of months, the White House seemed mm-hmm. to have taken the tough questions away from her and brought in John Kirby to do the dirty work. Tony, your take. So, um, I, you know, I, I know John, and um, I've been very critical of John lately. The, the, just uh, as we're taping this, this past few days, John Kirby actually was on one of the Sunday shows and rejected flat out the idea that, oh, my gosh, peace? Why would we want to talk about peace in Ukraine? What a great, what a bad idea. And that's kind of the attitude that's been put forth. And people like him and uh, Kareen Jean-Luc Picard, whatever her name is, has had this completely inappropriate and, and unsustained uh, p- uh, perspective on on information. That basically their job is to, without being too blatant about it, deceiving the American public on what the Biden administration is doing. And it's, I think, a combination of incompetence and and the inability to take the information and use it because it's so completely detached from reality. So I think when you have 
that situation where they they know they're saying things which have no attachment to the reality in which we live and they have bad skills to begin with it's the train wreck we see it is to be and i think that's why we're seeing what it is they they, they should put kamala over there at least they could talk in circles and and uh, use the same adverbs over and over yeah, the unprepared twins <laughs> i suppose i i do have to say at least kirby comes prepared at least he answers questions you know it's in the roundabout way Right. He's a snappy dresser. I, I wish I had his tie collection. Really, I, I would die for his tie collection. So I have a pretty good tie collection, so that doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I, I also must say, <laughs> let's get Tony's take on this one. All right. James, okay. You're not a sports guy, but James Reamer, uh, Reamer, I think I pronounced the name correctly, Sharks goaltender, stands up and says, I really can't do this. I don't want to wear the pride jersey while practicing. Yeah. I look, I'm all for supporting people and and who they are. You you have the right to be who you want. I'm all for for supporting you and doing everything. I'm not for virtue signaling. And when it comes to uh, National Hockey League skaters uh, skating in rainbow uniforms, where is the line between supporting your friends and supporting good people who happen to think differently or or be different than patron and and patronizing them? Where is that line? Well, I think the line is and how you treat people. If I decided one day to put, I don't know, I mean, for the audience, here's a, you know, who's watching, there's a little red, white, and blue thing. If I put this on my lapel, does that make me more American than someone not wearing one? No, of course not. I think one has to judge in their own way what is most important. And so I, 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 you got, I mean, the team here knows me pretty well. The audience is kind of learning who I am. When I was in the army, I spent 30 and a half years. We knew uh, within the ranks who was gay and lesbian. We didn't care. It's like, you're here to do a job to protect right. the nation. You took the same oath as I did. Right, Elizabeth? I mean, we, we kind of knew who they were. It's like, yeah, I don't care. Right, I don't care. And, and when I was in command, I, I would pull them aside. And it's like, I'm not saying you are, but if you are, don't do anything in front of me that would make me have to do something officially regarding the policy. And we just let them go. It's like, go live your life. You know, who you sleep with, I don't care. With that said, when it becomes something that you're required to do because the government or an official tells you to do, then that's that that doesn't help anybody. It just that creates, in my judgment, more resentment than any benefit, especially if you're trying to virtue signal simply because you put a jersey on doesn't right. change, change your attitude about what's going on. And I think it's inappropriate and does violate his First Amendment, if nothing else. So I will say that a goaltender is a, a very valuable to a team. But if it's a bench player. Somebody who maybe uh, is the seventh defenseman, somebody who comes in every once in a while, or the uh, or the thirteenth uh, guy on the, on the offensive line. Usually they dress twelve. He'd be cut. So at, at the at the very least, at least with somebody who uh, had some prominence and had some say. The thing is, though, what I'm finding is the media has been blasting him, whereas the fans. I'm not saying the fans all support him, but those that do support him support him are the ones that support the idea that he can say what he wants oh, saying we shouldn't have to care it, it's uh you shouldn't have to wear it we should be nice to people but you shouldn't right. have to go around wearing things and again i i believe that borders on patronization of people and that's that's not a good thing either right and simply because i wear a t-shirt that says lawyers guns and money on it doesn't mean i'm for any one of those right and i'm not making you guys wear the t-shirt right no everybody has exactly right i i do like the money part though and the, and the guns i guess i like it all huh I Maybe. guess, well, they, I, they do serve their, their purposes, don't they? So I, I don't need to wear a T-shirt, though. <laughs> well, you do on our show. Well, just, I, look, I, you're not Jeffrey Tubin. just saying. I mean, I have to wear uh, something. I mean, uh, <laughs> Let's hope there, not. There, there will be some level of pants or skirts worn on this short show. That is the policy, my friend. 
or culottes. Culottes, if you want. Culottes are a good combination. Yeah, I mean, who who doesn't love culottes, right? <laughs> Seriously. Hey yo. Hey yo. <laughs> we're gonna. Oh, by the way, for the for the audience to know, we're going to be doing some form of Karnak the Magnificent at some point, uh, just down the road. I've already got my hat for it, so we'll be working on that. This has been the hard truth. <clears throat> Excuse me. This has been the hard truth with Tony Schaefer and uh, the, the vivacious Elizabeth Breckenkamp, the even more vivacious Chris Cordani, and the ever ever tan and glowing Tanya Miller from the great state of Hawaii. So thank you all, my colleagues, for being here. And thanks to, to Judge Napolitano for giving us a great lecture uh, and the realities of, of what we should be seeking regarding our rights and uh, seeking to rectify the dreams of the constitutional uh, founding fathers of what we want to do. Uh, we are powered by Six Hour, Never Settle. Uh, we uh, we are uh, on the America Out Loud talk radio network, and we are Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net, and londoncenter.org, uh, LCPR, and uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and all the other outlets. Thank you all for being here this week, and we will be back next week again with another great guest, and we look forward to talking to you then. Thanks for being here.